Good afternoon. You're listening to Scarlet Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, the programme where we look at the local print media here in County Clare and we give our opinions on it. We're the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo are what we have to hand. Our programme is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography in Fecal. And we're joined around the table here by most of our panel. Welcome to John S. Kelly. And Pat O'Brien. Good afternoon, Jim. And off the bench again, um, not willingly, I would imagine, is uh, Luke Fleming. Luke, you're welcome. Yes, I'll have to have words with David. Yes, <laughs> David is missing today, so please God, he'll be back next week. Anyway, looking at the front pages, which we generally start looking at the front pages, and the, the front page in the Clare Echo is a bit alarming. Stop this mad development. Um, what mad development, Pat, are we talking about? Well, I suppose, Jim, uh, um, it's on the page three of the Champion as well. Marking for the future of the town of Innes, and the uh, council insists Innes has enough parking. And they have, um, they have a fine um, photograph there of a white elephant. I see him. Yes, yes so he's coming down with the marchers. <laughs> this was the silent march that this we, the silent march we had been talking about. Yeah, we, were, we discussed it there for the last couple of weeks. And um, I suppose some people were, were out in, 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 in force, so, and the business people in us out, uh, opposed to this um, development on the, on the car parks. And um, they, uh, they um, gave in a petition to the, to the council, a petition of 3,500 signatories, asking county councillors to halt the plans to build on the Riverside Car Park in Innes was presented to Innes Mayor Pat Daly at Clare County Council building on Tuesday morning. To the applause of the similar marchers, Cahill Daly said, I am delighted to accept these signatories. I've been a businessman myself in Ennis for many years and I know the care parks are very important. The most important, per important person in any business is the customer and they have to be able to park. I can see from the crowd here today that people are very upset over this. You know where I stand on it. I, I voted against this and I stand by that. Uh, John hmm. Duggan, a retired school teacher and concerned citizen with limited mobility, delivered a red position box to the uh, councillor daily. Yes. So, I suppose they're, they're, they're fairly um, adamant that they're going to keep go ahead and, and, and oppose all this development. In, yeah, that uh, in, quote in was from Jerry Canellan of Abbey News Agents. Uh, he told the Clare Echo, we need to move on and stop this mad development from going ahead. Yeah, yeah. He's just so, there at the corner as he went to the car park here. What's that, three, what, three what's that issue? Paper shop. Well, I'm just, I was just going to ask you, John, do you think, isn't this democracy in action? It is, and it's an unusual one. We haven't had this approach before. So we haven't, it's silent. We've had rowdy, rowdy yeah. gatherings, all right, but not, not, not this. Um, I'm sure the listeners are, are interested in the fact that much of their champion and much of their clear echo for the last few weeks have been concerned about uh, the action, the action plan in Ennis. Isn't that right? Yes, what, yes. Uh, what are people objecting to? Well, I suppose if, if Pat drives in from O'Callaghan's Mills uh, to do some shopping in Ennis or to... to yeah visit somewhere, uh, if the Abbey Street car park is gone, 
then that puts more pressure on the other car parks. Mm -hmm. And he finds he can't park. Yeah. He can't park in the place where he's accustomed to. But so the, the, the council, in answer to what you've just said, the council insists that Ennis has enough parking. Now, yeah, I, I mean, don't know how good they are accounting, John. Isn't it got down to that? Well, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, Pat, you'll be in Ennis now more than I am. But well, you see, there's a lot of debate about it. The, 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 down here on the bottom now, the solution, the lack of town centre parking in Ennis could, could be near at hand. A development to the site of the former Inner Spice National School on the Kilrush Road. Well, that's yeah. Kilrush Road is down a nice bit now. Okay, anyone that's able to walk is fine, but there are people, older people, that wouldn't be, that would like to, 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 park, to park in Abbey Street, maybe in front of the station, and do their shopping. And otherwise, you know, they're going and if they came and rain, they're down the Kilrush Road and they have to walk into town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, there is a parking situation in Scariff at the moment, and we've spoken about it here yeah. in recent weeks, where the authorities, the council, I suppose, are proposing removing 21 spaces mm -hmm. from the centre of the town. Uh, you know, now it's crazy at the moment, particularly, I think, since, mm -hmm. since Gala closed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think everyone would hope that Gala would soon open again yeah. in some forum to relieve the traffic. Yeah, I understand. It's very notable. It is. <clears throat> the uh, and would say midweek, especially when you know previously you would have been able to find a spot yes, relatively yeah. easy. I'm just wondering, is there a green agenda and uh, well, all of this? There's something going on. There's a, there's a conflict between two <clears throat> two um, policies. One is uh, let's have car parks, which means let's have cars. I mean, right? If you argue in favour of car parks. You're arguing in favour of the retailing, aren't you, in the heart of the town? Yes, you are. The, yeah. There are people who feel we should not be promoting cars into our towns. In other words, we should be in search of car parks as diligently as has been happening. That's the point. Now, what are you going but, to do? But John, John, first of all, if they, if, if they want to promote the town buses, but then you have to you have to have a car park outside the town somewhere on the Torres side or on the Kilgore side yeah. or the yeah. Liston Bay on the side or um, the Queen side. Yeah. You have to have a car park there, and you, okay, you'll be you'll be collected in the sure. bus you could into have a, town. You could have a nice car park path where they were going to put in the old data centre <laughs> okay. and run a yes. few buses in hmm. and, yeah. and have the buses in down. But you have to do these things first. Like you, you can't go in, go in and just we get rid of all the car parks inside the town and and decide. If it's someone is coming from the mills in Tennis and wants to do their shop and they park uh, half a mile away from the place. John, we have history in relation to these matters. I refer you back to closing Ennis and Nina 24 hours. And it'll be fine, lads, you can all go to Limerick. Like, yeah, yeah. same thing. 14 years on, we're still, rec uh, we're still suffering. The consequences of that yeah. harebrained decision. Yeah. In relation to uh, the Save Ennis Town, it's not, I think, just a car park uh, issue. It's a significant issue. And especially when they the council came out and said that they were going to knock the few houses down near Cusick Park and spend a million euros to put in a temporary car park. Yeah. You um, have to question that the development that's proposed 
for the centre of Venice. Is it needed? Is it going to be used? Is it a potential white elephant? What do you think? I would be thinking at the moment there's increased way of thinking that it mightn't be the biggest success that they yeah. think it might, might be. Yeah. This idea of setting up development companies or DACs, mm. D-A-C, a company set up slash initiated or you know linked to the council can go and borrow money to develop a facility or a place and you bear in mind we're currently in full employment yeah. give or take yeah. if world matters lead to a recession at some stage in the future you're going to have unemployment mm. and what will you have you you go around Dennis at the minute Pat I'm sure oh, you yeah. can see mm. there's vacant Loads, loads, there's of loads of vacant properties. properties. Yeah. Mm. Right? So you say, if those properties aren't full in a period of full employment, there's only one way things are going to go if we hit a bump along the road. You know, the great line, if America sneezes, we get a cold. I think across the country, about 15 or 16% of commercial premises are currently empty. Now, apparently the average yeah. generally tends to be about nine. Mm. And you don't really have big retail outlets no. Are big brands yeah. anymore setting up because they're maybe developing a combination of the Amazon model? We'll have a big yeah. warehouse outside mm. of town, and you know you you might have a small unit inside in town that's literally <coughs> probably for returns. Yeah, but that's what you're going to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I I would question the need for them for that level of development to to take place at the moment. And I said, we don't do planning properly in this country in general. Mm. You have a large chunk of business people yeah, here yeah. that have expressed their opposition to it. Even mm. the councillors couldn't even agree to it. Yeah, no. So where are time. we? Where are we? Are we going to be back every week with front page headline, the mad development or whatever else you like to call it? The one side of it is, it's great to see democracy in action. Yeah. Because this was sort of being put out as a done deal. Yeah. But they, they, yeah. they, they, they're also coming up now, they haven't come up with it before, but they have come up now with a new thing down, in, down at Pernell Street, or Caretac. Pernell Street Caretac. Yeah. Which is down below, and they, 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 they're, they're going to put up um, a housing development, uh, um, apartments by yeah. the river. Where the, we have the, do you know have the tax rankers? Yeah. Yeah, the tax rankers are going to be moved over there and going, they, want to, they want to build there as well. But of course, there's no, a, a point in this is, well, in, in this um, DRC is that both the two car parks are free, they don't have to pay for them. Whereas if they went outside the town and they went into, into a private place, they have to, they have to cough up uh, maybe a few million from the, from the, for, for the size as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, if the business people, you know, are against it because they fear yeah. the effects it will have on I their business. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Then I mean, it has the, it has the, the fear is there that it would turn the centre of Venice into a ghost town. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You have the chimney men there now. Is the chimney cycles there in Abbey Street, and you have that that Connell Con, Con, there. He's he's a, a shop and a, um, paper shop and sweet shop there at the corner, and you have um, you have John O'Connor from the music shop. 
Do you know, we have the other land, the front of it. So you're saying, you're saying that's a very, what Pat is on there now, it's a very, very significant point because you're onto the, the, the question of, of the risk of it becoming a ghost town. In other words, that the, the retailing will suffer badly. Yeah, but, but is it, it, I, I don't think it's just the retailing, John, because if you go into Ennis at nine o'clock at night, yeah. the Abbey Street car park's fairly full at nine o'clock at night. Mm. Because and, yeah. it's because of its prominent position in relation to what you would class the centre of Ennis, yes, yeah. both from a business point of view, but also would say from a social point of view. And of course, with the with the uh, policy of allowing public pub, pubs to be open all night, there'll yeah. be a night economy. Well, we should, they shouldn't all be driving maybe into them, but you might have a few drivers around the place. But to me, the, the Abbey Street car park is a perfect location that is accessible from the Abbey Street car park. You can get within walking distance to a large chunk of it. If you're out the Kilrush Road or you're further down, you know, outside, you're... Your options are restricted. And that's going to be a big problem. But you, you, you initially raised the question, was this silent march, if you like, silent protest, was it an exercise in active democracy? Oh, I think it is. Uh, uh, and, but I mean, you'd like to see it continue with discussions and with two sides coming together to yeah. hammer out something that they can both... But you also made a reference, subsequently, you made reference to our discussions in Scarf in relation to um, what we know hmm. about the proposed development and, uh, and the consequences of that development. There's going to be surely a discussion and a big conversation about the idea of removing the trees. Yeah, and I, well, I think the the main discussion is about at the moment anywhere yeah. has been to the best, and I'm not involved, is to do with. Uh, the car parks and losing 21 car parking spaces on yeah, the street. Yeah. Um, I suppose, Jim, for the purpose of balance, there is a proposed addition of 38 parking spaces nearby. There is. So 38 take away 21 is 17. Yeah. So you're adding to 17. In theory. In theory you are. <laughs> I suspect. I, I'm but, very suspicious. Listen to you, lads. Uh, that, that, um... Are you calling me a cynic, <laughs> <laughs> But I think a lot of people, you know, the, the, the new mm. ones are somewhat away, yeah. you know. No, Correct. For, yeah. for, for healthy people like ourselves, John, yeah. it would be no problem to park in the new park and walk up. And up the but, hill. But lots of people, you know, like to almost go to the shop and... You know, so there'd be a bias in my observations on that, then, wouldn't there? There would, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Looking at the front page of the Clare Champion, disabled in Clare being left behind. And a group that we've had on, we've had Dermot Hayes from the Clare Leader Forum a number of times on this station, but uh, Anne-Marie Flanagan of the Clare Leader Forum is very concerned. Um, Particularly the, you know, for example, she points out the once-off disability grant has been cut from 500 to 400 at a time when there's huge increase in the cost of living. Uh, she was, 
she goes on, the, and the article by Dan Danaher, and it's continued on page two, um, he, they call it a Victorian approach to disability uh, creating a poverty trap. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's something that really, for, for many of us who are not disabled, you, you tend to overlook it. Well, the, uh, the HSE uh, spend is a 24 billion, something like 24 billion, loop, is it? And, uh, something around that, yeah. Something around that. The, uh, now, there's an awful lot of, 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 of talk about, uh, about the way this money has been spent, and it, it appeals an awful lot of it has been wasted. Because mm-hmm. if 24 billion is an awful lot of money, Jim, on a, on a mm-hmm. health service for five, five, 24 billion, billion. Yeah, it's been, eight chil- children's hospitals, maybe. It's is, mm-hmm. is, is been spent and, yeah. and, 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 you know. And has been, as has been said around this table in previous weeks, who's accountable? Yeah. Nobody's See, accountable. I, I think, yeah, I think uh, how, how, do, how do you cope with the, that paragraph which Dan Danner has uh, mentioned? Um, when she point, he is referring to um, the reduction of 100 euro in the disability grant. Yeah, well, you see, this was a one-off, John. I, I think that on page two, uh, there's um, a more pertinent figure. What figure because is Because it's basically, according to CSO figures, 90, only 19% of disabled people say that they can't work because of a disability or illness. That means 81% of disabled people can and want to work. So why are 71% of disabled people unemployed? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would think there's a certain amount there in relation to companies and probably government agencies mm-hmm. aren't set up no. to enable people that would have a disability should there be but that, but that could contribute in a positive way. Yeah, with that, with that uh, positive discrimination, would you favour positive discrimination? That companies would be obliged? There to... are always issues, I think, in relation to sort of obliging people to do whatever. I, yeah. um, I would think that if you reward people or businesses for taking people on that would have um, you know that can still do the job they might be able to do 10% of the job that the other staff can do but they may be able to do 90% so reward and encourage them and for the you know to employ the people that they can that that would be my way of thinking well that's a great it's a good solid way Uh, Hmm. Sure. Um, it might make sense, John. That's why it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and there's a huge amount of... Uh, just, okay. There's, a, there's, a, a huge, there's an awful lot of, uh, of problems with disability people as well in, in relation to services, in, even in hotels, mm. where, where you mightn't have... Uh, you could go to a hotel or you could go to somewhere, and they wouldn't have a proper, um, a proper um, handrails... Security. In, in toilets. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, yeah. for, for, uh, for uh, people in wheelchairs. Yeah, we're, 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 we're very far behind as a country. Are a proper, no, we, we, we were, my, wife, my wife is in a wheelchair because she, she issues it with, with uh, three years back. But anyway, she, she, we were in Dublin Airport at two hotels. Yeah. They booked two hotels and the lads were going away to uh, yes. the airport. And when we went, when we went they, said, they promised us that the, 
really has was the uh, proper um, facilities. Uh, facilities for all the pumps as well, but they weren't. They, 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 had, they had these there's a but they had no rails, they had no proper rails, they had no, they had a, they had a, maybe a walking shower, right? But yeah. they, had no, they had no rail you could hang on, you could catch up to, and you could buy a rail for 10 euros or yes. something. Yeah. Did you complain? We complained a lot, but we got no, we got no uh, satisfaction. Okay. No satisfaction? No. We'll but go on. Another that, man. There's issues like that all the time. Uh, yeah. A man with difficulties of his own is a man called Kit Smalley. Oh, and he's indeed. featured in the front page of the Care Champion. Uh, he's a Dunbeg-based pensioner, and yeah. he had to move out of the house he'd been living in for some years, couldn't find anything else in the area, and ended up living in a room underneath a bridge That's in the right. village of Dunbeg, in a room that was used during the famine. Indeed. And also a room that was prone if you can call it a room, that was prone to reacting negatively to rising waters. Yeah. So in the kind of weather we're having, you can imagine, he brings that out. He said, he's stuff. And the photograph tells an awful lot, doesn't it? Yeah, the photograph is on page two of the Care Champion. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's the picture of misery, John. It is, it is the yeah. essence of it, hmm. do you know? And I mean, uh, He's going to face into the winter, um, possibly drenched again many times. Okay, where's our responsibility, Pat? In that, yeah, but surely Clare County Council could get, could get a small house. All, all he wants, all he wants, was a shower, a toilet, yeah. a bedroom, and, and a kitchen. Yeah. Surely, surely, at this day and age, in, in 2023. It could provide a, a small house for something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it is awful. It is absolutely dreadful. Uh, who's... Is it the county council that would be res should be responsible would be, yeah. for yeah. getting him something? A room in a house somewhere? Well, you'd imagine, yeah. sure, you imagine the, 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 the services would, 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 would go to the council and say, look, this, this, this poor man needs somewhere to stay. Yeah. Like uh, he, he was in he was in accommodation and uh, the person in accommodation, uh, uh, well they they were going renovating the, the, the where he was staying and he yes. had to leave. Okay, listen, we we'll, we we'll move oh. on again because we have a number of things to look at. It's the, distressing, Jim. It is distressing. Yeah. yeah, it is indeed. Someone at the you know in the latter stages of their lives or a, yeah. a pension age couldn't have somewhere to live. So will someone the, take this up? Well, hopefully the authorities in the county. Yeah, we'll have a look at it. Well, John, we I, we, we discussed this early in the year. Let's we, we, we need to go on early early yeah. on there. That, that wasn't you know, highlighted before. I'm looking at page um, two on on the. Uh, page 19 in the Clare Echo, and uh, it's page uh, 11, I think, in the Clare Champion, and that is a climate action plan. And there are lovely photos there of um, your friend Joe, uh, Pat, uh, launching uh, the, the Clare, the climate action plan for the county. Yeah, the, um, launching the, the draft climate action plan 2024 2029, Pat Dowling, Chief Executive of Clare County Council, Councillor Joe Cooney, Council, and Siobhan McNulty, Acting Director of Physical Development with the Council. Uh, Clare County Council launches its draft climate action plan for public consultation. 
Um, Clare County Council has published the draft climate action plan 2024 2029 as required in, to sec, uh, in pursuit to section 16 of the climate action and law and low carbon development amendment act 2021. The draft plan aims to position County Clare as a national leader in climate action and strengthen the delivery of effective climate action at local and community levels through, play, through place based climate action. And um, they have. Um, Will this be more getting rid of cars? I wonder. <laughs> oh, we'll build a data centre. <laughs> but there's also. Uh, the, the, this is a draft plan, yeah. and it's, it's going out for consultation. And the, the public can, can uh, yeah. respond, read and respond. Yeah, in, well, in, in, in um, West Clare, you have in the municipal district in Kilrush, um, Town Hall in Kilrush, and the number six in Shannon, in the Town Hall on the 6th of November as well. The West Clare Municipal District on the, in assignment on the 7th of November, and Killaloo on the 7th of November in, in, um, in Montshannon Road, Scarif uh, facility. Hmm. And um, the Civic Rooms is in the Bottom Market Building in Drumbrigle Road in Ennis <laughs> on the 8th of November. To review the draft plan and complete the online survey, visit the, you'll say, uh, clarecoco.ie uh, climate action action plan. Yeah, that's on, online, so you can look yeah. at it online, yeah. or you can go down. So, and there, there's nothing really about it on the. I mean, they don't publish it on the papers, but uh, they do publish that it's available to view and online and in those places in East Clare in the Killaloo Municipal District Office. office. And Jim, Jim, would it be would it be fair to say, look, if you don't feel like going through all of that, talk to your local councillor. Yeah. And in that way, you know, get as much information from them as possible. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, Clare County Council, they're busy launching these times because their age-friendly strategy uh, are, um, is, is ongoing. Uh, and looking again at page 15 in the Clare Echo, um, I'm not sure if it's in... 19, I think. 19, is it in the in the Clare Champion, but um, I, I just spotted it on page 15 in the Clare Echo, where they, uh, they give, I suppose they, they describe it, if you like, uh, just, uh, we're struggling through papers, yes, and it's a guide for older persons, unveiled at Clare Age Friendly Strategy Workshop, and again, uh, Joe is there in all his regalia, but um, a, quite a number of people involved in, in different things like the Clare Older People's Council, for example. And, that, and they have um, they've launched a booklet for a directory of services for older people. And where can I get it, Jim? No. Copies? In your local library, John. Local library, yes. They're yeah. available from the library. Maybe local authority offices. And you might be able to get it from your local GP as well. Yes, so, and you can ring if you can't get. Uh, there is a number. Yeah. I'm looking at it on page 15. It's there is a number four, to, four, to, six, to ring. Four six five eight uh, six eight four six two two four zero. Yes. So uh, I suppose they're doing their bit for communication and. Or emailing age friendly clear, coco So. Okay. If you want to. to, to Pat, we've contact. reached half time. Yeah. And, uh, we need a break from all this talking and maybe you might suggest a piece of music that we could sit back, relax and listen to. Well, Joe will check out. He was 82 on October the 12th, so we'll have, uh, let's twist again.
Let's twist again. Yeah. Well, I don't, we'll, we'll, I don't know how we integrated over or twist and all, but we, we might have been one to yeah, mind to we'll, we'll probably... And let's twist again. again after the break. Very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio, uh, program sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And uh, Pat brought us the delights of uh, Chubby Checker. I'm happy to say that uh, none of us around the room went and did the twist during the break. And so we're all still here to continue with part two. I think John S. wants to try it, though. Don't we'll wait <laughs> afterwards, John, before you do the twist. We'll wait till the programme is finished. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, you're looking at uh, the living section of the Clare Champion, and you're looking at page one. Indeed I am. And there's a, a piece there, uh, an Ennis um, GP, I think, who are, is uh, Maura Finn, who's yeah. talking about the menopause. About the menopause. Dr. Maura Finn from Ennis. Uh, she has an article with Jessica Quinn, who is challenging people's perceptions on menopause. And in recent times, it's becoming a topic that has been discussed much more openly, and that's a healthy thing. She wants to create a new and more open way to speak about the menopause. And she says in her experience as a GP, For many, many years, many women went through menopausal changes silently and alone. Number one, because they didn't know it was menopause. And number two, because they didn't feel they knew where to go for help or support. And she says that the mood symptoms tend to be the ones that she finds women struggle most with. She says we're tough in nature and used to putting up with some discomfort, but having issues around anxiety and irritability and mood and finding it difficult to function in your job or your social life, that can be very, very hard to deal with. And so more than half the population of the country is male. And I'd say 99.9% wouldn't know the heck what I was talking about, yes. as you say. So we're saying, look, page one, the outer page on the Clare Champion News, on the living section. On the living It's really worth reading it, you know, okay? She says, uh, I think that, that um, to all aspects of female health is very, very important, that men need to understand female health better and education needs to improve around menstrual and sexual health for women. And men too, so that society can improve and that women who are actually struggling in various aspects of their lives aren't made to feel they have to keep a secret or lose out as a result. So it's a health question. It involves half the population, isn't that? Yeah, well, it involves 
more than half. More than half. For yeah. when the men yeah. need to know what they're, yeah, what's going on as well. So we recommend fair play to the the um, to Maura, Dr. Maura Finn herself, mm. um, but also fair play to the champion, putting it out there for uh, yeah. public discussion. The I see Dr. Maura Finn is speaking at the National Menopause Summit in Cork. Yeah. Uh, supported by Marks and Spencers, which takes place next Friday, John, October yeah. the 20th, in Cork City Hall. So, so that's if anyone is, a, is in a position to go there. Anyway, the details, as you said, yeah. John, are on page one of the living section. I suppose, uh, Pat, we need to um, congratulate our, our uh, friends in Clare FM in Ennis because... Uh, they really and truly won a, a fabulous award um, last week. Oh yeah, the Clare FM are top of the radio pile. Uh, it's on page four where of the Clare champion, um, uh, Jim. Clare FM was a host of the, of the country at the IMO Radio Awards Summary last Friday night. The winch which took place at the Lyoth Estate Hotel in Kilkenny saw the radio station nominated in two categories, documentary and local station of the year. Clare FM's documentary, Falsely Accused, has already received good awards at, or gold awards at, at the New York Festival earlier this year, and on Friday night it won a silver award at the IMRO Radio Awards. The documentary which tells the story of Innocenator Bernard Lynch was produced and, is, and directed by Clare FM's program director and head of operations, Corey Flaherty. Uh, the also got um, uh, Station of the Year, which is um, with congratulations on that. Yeah, that's a great honour for them. And there's a group of them there, um, uh, um, Colin McRae and um, see what you call that. Dara Dolan, Pori Flaherty, yeah, and Fiona Cahill. Fiona right? Cahill is there as well, yeah. They're, they're yeah. 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 Congratulations to them, but uh, there's a few other people that deserve a nod as well, because uh, Pori mentions on page two of the Echo that uh, Ennis reporter John Cook uh, <coughs> also scooped two gold awards and we say we know John will say previously uh, was with Clare FM and Northwest Radio in Sligo and you know he, he did time on Morning Focus and I think he was head of news and uh, current affairs as well and um, he got an award for his cover of uh, coverage of the tragedy in Creaselock in, in Donegal you know and uh, not an easy topic to cover, but anyone I think that has ever come across John or had any interaction with him, uh, a gentleman of the highest uh, pedigree, and we wish him the very best. And I should also mention, which I forgot to mention in recent weeks, uh, Jim, uh, Sharon Dolly Darcy has started working with the champion and uh, as, as, as a journalist. And uh, Sharon uh, is a few, has had a few articles in the paper there in recent weeks, and she uh, is she has the article there. We'll say on page three of the Champion, where the picture of the great white elephant was in relation to the the march, the march yeah, in yeah, Ennistown. Yeah. So we we'll, we wish her the, the very best of uh, luck. We'll say at, at the Champion as well. It's good. good, good, uh, good times all around for the media in Clare. Yeah, great to see awards coming to Clare. Yeah. Uh, Pat, on a, on a similar topic, on page 22 of the Clare Champion, uh, there's a piece there by Owen Ryan, but it remembers uh, a man who died some 30 years ago, uh, Liam McGrath. 
Yeah, Liam was, Liam was a Forsyth with, with the Cal Champion, and uh, the former colleague of, of, of the President Forsyth of John Kelly. And uh, they played a, tri a tribute him here during the week, and they have uh, some of his photographs on the, on the, on the back of on page 22 of, the, of the, um, the front half of the Cal Champion. Yeah, there's some nice photographs there, black and white photographs. Um, Francis McKinnon is there in 1992 with the, the monster for the yes. senior football cup. And um, I'd say there's someone, these fellas here, probably at a fair, at, uh, maybe Spencer Hill down the corner. Uh, they're they're, they're um, broken the deal anyway, they have, they have their hands out. And uh, Paddy Hillary is here at the corner as well, and uh, there's another man here playing music, I don't know who he is. And um, there's an itinerant lady there uh, with uh, uh, sitting at the fire boiling her kettle back in the 70s as well. That's a scene now, Pat. You, you'd never see. No, we'll never see. And you'd see it when we were young, you'd see it in the <coughs> you would. back in the Absolutely. 60s and 70s. Yes. Yeah. 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 And a few other people enjoying some bottles of Guinness, Guinness up yeah. on, the, on the top. But it's interesting and it's a nice, you know, little... Um, yeah, tribute. Yeah, yeah, and a compilation of, of photographs yes. yeah. on, mm -hmm. on page 22 of the Clare Champion. And uh, God be good to him, Dean McGrath. Um, well, uh, John Kelly said that he, he was very particular when he was, uh, when he was uh, developing films and all that, when he come back in, that he was very, very particular about uh, having them proper and having them right. Yeah. Okay, um, Michael Blake from Tumgraney gets, uh, gets plenty of coverage uh, this week, particularly in the Clare Champion. Um, Pat, you, you were saying there that uh, you didn't realise that... Um, Michael had had brought the team to to world number one, but um, we all remember last year when Michael and and his uh, his group of of people in the horse riding world in the show jumping world brought the Aga Khan back home to Tumgraney and we had a, a wonderful night in the Memorial Park there. But um, Dan Danaher has two pieces there. One says Clareman takes Ireland to the top of the world. And grassroots riders, the key to success, which is, um, look, excellent for a Tungreni man to, oh, well, sure. to bring <laughs> honour to his country <laughs> like that. Indeed, it's not his first time doing it. So, Michael, as, as, as we all know, he's a man that has strong convictions. It has paid off. You know, he, he got, um, he sort of worked his way up through the ranks, we'll say, with, in the, the horse side of things and uh, the show jumping team he's made a few hard decisions because you, you know it's one of those things the book stops with the man at the top oh, yeah. and uh, said if the man at the top is making the right decisions he's out you know keeping everybody happy but like it, it, it's great to see you know they've qualified qualified for the world cup or not the world cup the olympics next year yeah. and um you know ho hopefully uh there'll there'll be uh we might have had the Aga Khan last year. You no. never know, we might have a bit of silverware or gold Absolutely. or bronze coming back yeah. to the village next did year. He you know? Look, did he change the way uh, our national teams uh, were, you know, selected? And, I think know. there was a bit of a change in relation to how things were being done. All right. Right. And, you know, sometimes, John, if things are done a certain way for a period of time, uh, you know, Change can be good sometimes. Yeah. I think it's we fair to say. I, I think I think it's fair to say to say that Michael has sort of shook things up a, a, a fair bit in mm -hmm. relation to. But but the one thing that he seems to have done is um, got more 
people. He's, yeah, he's 35. He's 35. Yeah. He has developed riders. Yeah. yeah he's 35 I, people now on a panel. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you sort of targeting people. Like, if you, you think back to, we'll say, when we were all a bit younger, like the team for the Aga Can every year, you could name three of the four of them that you could every yeah. year yeah. You know, yeah. before you go. It's a bit like now there's, you know, competition for places, mm. breeds, you know, but probably adds that little, little extra bit of spice. And uh, But can anybody explain to me, Dan Donner in the article says, and uh, in, in talking to Michael, he says he's developing a strong grassroots campaign has proven to be one of the fundamental tenets of success for Irish show jumping teams, according to Claremont Michael Blake. Now he's saying that. What exactly is the grass? How would you explain that to our listeners? A grassroots campaign. Well, I think it's basically the people on the ground, pardon the pun, doing the jumping at, we'll say, from probably the age of six, seven, eight years up yeah. to, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, probably said, you know, you need to sort of pay a bit more heed to actually what's happening on the ground yeah. rather than maybe be up in the... Because you're looking to the future. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. To, to, to develop and you sort of, you see what, what they've done. Like, my, he says in the, the, the top article there, it's not about money. It's all about managing what you've got. Money is helpful, but just because you have money doesn't mean you'll get better. Yes. yes. You know? And, and, and here as, as well, John, the most memorable victory as well in the Nations Cup wins in Rome. Before, before a win in Vancouver at the BMO Nations Cup in Calgary, meaning the Irish short jumping team won two of the, the four majors in, in sports medals and Rome. So the also the four major uh, big short jumping events they, they they won two of them. Yeah, yeah. Now the long events. Do I gather? Am I correct in saying that um, uh, he has horses placed across the world, Irish, uh, you know, Irish mm. horses placed, so that they can t t participate in a, a wider number of of events, of yeah. nation cups. Well, yeah. I think that's what you're looking at, John. Yeah. The, the change in attitude and approach. Yeah. That, you know, it might have been previously that a lot of them would have been based, the physically horses, the horses might have been based here, but now, yeah. like, you know, show jumping is a global competition now, yeah. you know, like everything, yeah. you know. And his task is to match the correct rider with, yeah. with the correct horse. You know, aren't we, for a small, for a small nation, aren't we expecting to be top of the world in whatever it is we participate in, isn't that isn't that a an emerging thing? Well, I suppose we rugby a, at the moment we're we're yeah. you know we have been going very well. This Gymna program, gymnast, we have we have a gold medalist. That's right. Yeah, that's right. First in the world. Well, uh, if we go back just to Michael Blakey, and the reason five stars spruce medal success in Rome was the first achieved by an Irish team since two thousand and one. This is one of the biggest events in, in the world. In the world. Uh, in fact, the Irish team have never, never before achieved the number one spot. And, yeah. and this year, after 97 years of trying, they, they, they succeeded. Yeah. So they have been, they have been short jumping for 97 years and they have never got the, the number yeah. one spot. Yeah. Well, well, Michael deserves great credit for so that. Great, of course, yeah, he didn't pick it up from the ground either because <laughs> no, no. his late father, uh, Sean, was, you know, was a, a fantastic horseman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're very proud of, uh, of We are very, very proud of them. Absolutely. Absolutely.
the only thing, Jim, before we go, I, I, at national level, it hasn't been, uh, it been, it been, I didn't see a problem with it on highlighted on RT or on uh, national <coughs> level. In, in, yeah. yeah. Or anything else. And you maybe, think you would? Maybe we might have missed it, but uh, yeah. uh, uh, I didn't see I, that. I haven't either. seen anything. Yeah. I didn't actually know anything about it until I, until I see this. Yeah. Well, Clare listen, Champion. we'll we'll stay with Tom Grainy because on page thirteen of the Clare Champion, which is the East Clare page, uh, Tom Grainy and Quinn uh, get special mention uh, for the uh, their achievements in relation to the Tidy Towns uh, event, which um, culminated with uh, the announcing of the results uh, in the past week or so. You're a good link there, Jim, because you've Michael on page eight and you've his wife Mary on page 13. Yes. Yeah, she's there with uh, clippers, I think, in her hand. Yeah. Um, and a whole lot of other people, uh, Damien Heaney, Regine, um, Liam Furlong and his Margaret, wife. Yeah. And da Damien. Paul and Mary. So, yeah, listen, um, a bit unexpected. Was it? Yeah, to be honest with you, because what Tidy Towns isn't what Tidy Towns was in the past. It's, this, it's the competition, I think, in name only. There's a lot more. It's not basically about having sort of, you know, flower pots out yeah, and no. uh, the grass cut and everything yeah. else like that. Now there's... But is that too... <clears throat> Yeah, but it's not it's what only, it was, Jim. It's only part of it, yeah. It's mm. only a part of it. You have the whole biodiversity, biodiversity and all this type of stuff is, is in it and, it, yeah. and stuff. But, um, yeah, mm. Claire, um, Ennis did well. Um, the one thing yeah. you, you would say... <laughs> yeah, I'd I sort of take the... I, I, this is no disrespect to Ennis now, or to Shannon. I take the bigger towns out of this because the councils do a lot of work in those areas. They do. They put a pile of money. Right? Uh, now, Abbey Leaks, well deserving of winning the national Especially award. Mm. Um, but when you, you know, Kilkenny, Waterford, Limerick yeah. to a certain extent, you can't compare them to. Small villages. Small villages. Oh. You can't. I said, Quinn, uh, we were there last weekend, we'd say broadcasting the Chronicle from there, and uh, the noise in the background was basically work going on in the park next door to us with uh, you know, new facilities being put in, which is great to see. And Quinn is a beautiful village. Indeed. You mm. know? Um, the, the only thing I sort of disappointing that I, I would point out is that um, Mount Shannon did not have an entry this year. Really? And Balmacalli, which won a bronze medal last year, didn't have an entry this year. And I think that's possibly reflective of the age profile of the of the population yeah. and lack of younger blood coming in, um, you know, yeah. to, to our towns and villages. But listen, nobody's going to sort of say, yeah. <laughs> you know, say no. But it, it, nice for the village. But I think... The emphasis that we'll say the TDA has in relation to the village, they want it to look nice, clean, and they do their best with what they have. And you know, if an award comes along every now and again, fair play, but it's not been done to get awards. Well, compliments mm -hmm. to you, Luke. I mean, yeah, absolutely. and I, I remarked uh, during the week that driving down the Raheen Hill down to the lowland, okay. 
the colour, the autumnal colour yeah. in the trees. We're magic. Jim, you haven't been on it, have you? Well, that's planning yeah. from oh, years yeah. ago, John. Uh, that's planning yeah. from years ago when they were planted. I know. You know, know but, but, but it does. The only thing that we'll say is we're probably going to need to try and slow the traffic down coming into the village. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no more than <laughs> other villages around the, the but country I, I think, as well. I think that, you know, places like Quinn and Tumgraney and Mount Shannon, you know, the, the, the work that has gone on there, you drive through Tumgraney a lot of the time during the year, and there were people out with, with busy vests. And, it, you know, litter is fairly absent. Yeah. And, I mean, you've done a beautiful job in the, the park, in the memorial park. And we have been there a number of times. I mentioned Michael Blake's homecoming. Uh, we, did, we had straw boys there. We had, we had a music there this year, do you remember, at the, at the, at yeah. the weekend. And it makes for, a, you know, a nicer place to live. Yeah, in in any village, and that's very important. Yeah, and I said, I won't blow too many trumpets with it, but I said the park was always nice, but it had been, we say, hadn't been developed for a number of years. You know, we say yeah. back in the 90s, yeah. it was a, a focus to sort of try and open it and, you know, take down the railings and make it a bit more open to the public. But the work that took place, um, we'll say, just at the end of 2019 and 20, putting in additional footpaths, replacing what was there, you know, the gazebos there, and just sort of, you know, modernise what was there. And what has happened in there in the last few years is the ultimate justification for what was done. And it was done for a cost of in and around €30,000. Hmm. Now, I think for bang for buck, it was probably the best €30,000, I'd say, that's been spent in East Clare in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we call it the roundabout of East Clare. And it's only going to get more important when Holy Island comes on stream. Indeed, yeah. Because for, I would say, 90% of people that are going to be going to Holy Island, you have to come through to mm -hmm. So you're going to see the park on the right, or, you know, uh, you're, going, you're going to see it. And uh, notwithstanding its history <clears throat> as well, you know, it's a perfect monument to, uh, those that would say gave, gave their lives uh, for, for their country. But there are other places in, in uh, Clare that need work as well and need to be developed. But what I liked, Luke, about Tumgraney is that, and about the work that's been done, and as you say, the 30,000 euros spent, is that it didn't take in any way from, in fact, it enhanced the original purpose for which the memorial park was built. Yeah. And that is to commemorate those people who were lost in, in the War yeah. of Independence. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah I suppose you're, you're um, just more, um, just a small bit there on that crackler. Twenty Towns Committee did the biggest improvement from, um, going from 253 to, to, in 2022 to 270 in, in 2023. Other major hikes in Scarif, Whitegate, Spencer Hill and Clooney, Tuller, Kilmurray, Clara, Fiekel and Bridgestone. And uh, Killaloo, which will turn to the national competition after nine years' absence, scored uh, 283 in total. So I suppose they're all the, the, the ones that improved yeah. around the... Yeah. And it's, it's a great thing. Like, it's not about winning. It's about putting in place, yes, you yeah, know, yeah. improvements yeah. in every village. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's generally, we'll say, the medals are um, the national winner 
and then a bronze medal you're within 15 points of the national winner a silver mm. medal you're within 10 there were no silver oh. medals in Clare mm. uh, and then you have a gold you're, you're within five if if any group out there is looking for inspiration look at the history of Ballyvaughan is mm. all I will say Ballyvaughan Ballyvaughan gold medal winner for last number of years go back seven eight years ago nowhere to be seen mm. I, I, mm. and that's an example of, Interesting. of what has been yeah. done. Okay. There's a good piece around uh, about West Clare and Mid Clare on, on the champion as well, and Town, if anyone wants to. I see a new, a new exercise group uh, off and running in Ballinac, Killaloo, uh, Dan has on page 13 as well, and a man that's familiar to most people, I think, who know anything about Killaloo, and that's Eddie O'Gorman, a fantastic uh, community activist. And uh, so he, has, um, he wants to raise the fitness level of Killaloo, which is a, a very, a very good thing. Norman Yeah. Um, our local TD in East Clare is Michael McNamara, and Michael has decided that uh, should he, unfortunately, you know, be require uh, hospitalisation, he is not going to uh, attend the emergency room in in Limerick. Yeah. I suppose that is just to go back to health. Um, he will not attend, he says, the overcrowded emergency department at UHL. It's yeah, hard to blame him. It's very hard to blame him. But yeah, um, I think there was over a hundred. There was over a hundred waiting on Scotties there during the week. They, they, they requested people not to turn yes, up, and uh, yeah. they, they, they cancelled their surgeries in, in it. So. But it's still an improvement to closing Limer Ennis and Nina. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's that. That was the big improvement. So mm -hmm. Centre of excellence. Yeah. Yes. But Jim, um, just before you move on to the other one, uh, there's a, an ad on the um, Echo uh, for a forestry information meeting. Now, I mean, East Clare uh, is heavily forested, not sufficiently so, but still is heavily. And there's a great interest in the farming community um, uh, in forestry. It's on page 16 of the Clare Champion, the farming page. Yeah, so this is by Unrhein Tadavjukta. It's a forestry information meeting they're advertising. And you're invited to discover the exciting forest creation opportunities of the new forestry programme of 2023 to 2027. So it's right on, on the dot now. Yes. It's an opportunity to have a fresh look at forestry and grant, uh, grant support. So Thursday, put it in your diary. Thursday, the 19th of October, in the Chagas office in Station Road in Ennis. Okay, there's also... at 7.30. There's an article on page 17 where the IFA is calling for swift action by the Department of Agriculture in relation to ash dieback. And one of the things... Uh, one of the, the problems with ash, ash dieback, which of course has to be cleared, yeah. is um, you need a permit to, uh, uh, yeah. to, to cut down dead trees. That hasn't changed, no? Oh, apparently not. But uh, Luke, you have a... Yeah, well, we have a very, very quick, Jim, um, a, a talk that we say took place uh, on Thursday night. Uh, it's mentioned on page, page 13 in relation to... Uh, the amazing life of sailor and patriot Conor O'Brien in relation to um, 
travels that took place, we'll say, uh, we'll say in the early 1900s, we'll say around the 1920s. Uh, he, Conor O'Brien said, sailed from Dunleary around the world in his 42-foot yacht Saoirse, which was designed by himself and built in uh, Baltimore. And he returned two years later, having travelled to many places uh, around the world. So very enjoyable chat uh, and presentation took place on it. And uh, all going well in the next week or two, it will be broadcast uh, on radio on because, Carol we, Bay because, radio. because we, we recorded it. Two lovely pictures, one on the front page of the Clare Champion from, uh, of a, a young lad fishing. Yeah. Uh, at Scarif Harbour and the other one at Redden's Key. Yeah, the two harbours of Tungrani feature uh, there yeah. uh, in, in the paper, Jim. So uh, I'd safely say when they wrote, uh, John Kelly was obviously out and about uh, visiting. But uh, yes. yeah, lo lovely picture, four-year-old uh, uh, Lua Ballister uh, throwing out his line and then a nice picture in uh, Redden's Key as well. So lovely. Jim, so, I, 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 I'd like that we would offer our sympathy to... Um, Hugh, to Hugh Weir on the death of his wife, Gronia, the last, is she the last? She is of, of the of direct descendants of Brian Baru. Direct uh, the line. Yes. Gronia, a lovely person. And well, so we, we join with you in that. Yeah. Listen, we have to stop because we've reached the end of, of the road. Thank you very much to uh, everyone around the table. Thank you, John S. You're welcome. welcome. And Pat. Thanks, Jim. And Luke. Thanks, Jim. And uh, Pat, we'll ask you maybe to, if we have time for a couple of bars of a song, we'll, we'll include it in, uh, before the end of the show. Well, Julie Andrews was 88 on the 1st of October. So we'd have a, a spoonful of sugar make, makes the medicine go down. Yes, and it does. Does it? Okay, thank it's you very much. 1964 from the from musical Mary Poppins. Lovely. Julie Andrews uh, closing out the show today. Uh, join us again, please God, next Sunday. So thank you very much uh, and goodbye and God bless. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap, the job's a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down.